lift you up in this place tonight, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. There's no one else worthy to give all our praise but to Jesus and him alone. Amen. And people are going to worship something whether they realize it or not. And worship idols or entertainment or self or, or all these things. But hey, hey if we're going to worship something, we might as well worship something worthy. And that is Jesus. He is worthy for all that he has done for us and for who he is. Amen. He alone is worthy. There's no one else worthy and righteous as he is. Amen. So that alone demands and declares all of creation to worship him because he is our creator. Amen. And uh, then you begin to get into the things that he's done for us. And that just, uh, if, he, if he already didn't have enough to give him praise just for who he is, talk. just think about what he's done in your life. And you've got uh, more than enough to worship him. Amen, the rest of our days, amen. And it's always good to do that together. Uh, it's good to do that by yourself, but also corporately when we come together, amen, a special touch, a special present, uh, presence of the Lord when his people come and gather together, amen, because there's no place, amen, like the church, amen, no place in this world that I'd rather be, amen, than in the church, uh, the ark of the last days, Amen, and we know God is here with us. It's so good to see everyone here uh, to worship the Lord together as our ushers come. Amen, uh, remember, obviously, those we prayed for those that are sick. Something's going around. Something's always going around. Amen, just a matter of who's catching it or not. Uh, but uh, do not Google uh, symptoms of monkeypox. Don't do that because uh, you'll realize that you have it. Uh, it's amazing. They, everything, every sickness has all the same symptoms. And so you read it, you, you just get sick and you think you're going to die. But uh, we want to pray for those that are out or traveling. Uh, we pray for our, our nation. It's been a, been a, a sad week with a shooting, uh, school shooting. And uh, there's lots of tragedies, uh, too many to list and to name. But we know God knows everything. Amen. We go before the Lord tonight and lift up our needs. Amen. Those around. Let's do that together. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord, that's following us, God, all the days of our life. We, we come to you tonight, God, with every need, every situation. God, you know of them, Lord, those that are not here tonight because of any sickness or whatever the case may be, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over their minds, hearts, and homes. God, that you would have your way in their life. Amen. Those that are out traveling, your hand be upon them. God, we come to give you praise and glory tonight. Let's worship the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's come and give it to the Lord tonight. into your presence, God. We lift you up, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. As our kids' church has been dismissed, we want to go before the Lord tonight to the Word. 2 Peter 3. Amen. Continuing in our series of the first and last days. 2 Peter 3, the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Amen. Tonight is part seven. 
Amen. So turn to a few people, greet them as you're seated this evening. Man, remember that uh, this Saturday, uh, Ladies Vessels of Honor meeting at uh, 10.30 here at the church, Saturday. Amen. So see Sister Bruce for more information if you're uh, planning on coming to that. Amen. As, as each week passes, uh, we are uh, into seven weeks uh, of this. And as we, when we first began, there obviously are less and less days left in the last days. Uh, 40, at least 49 since we started this. Uh, and so the world is about to wrap up. And it's not how the world thinks it's going to end. Uh, because the powers to be, whose uh, grip is getting tighter and tighter on control of this world... Uh, while they are closing their grip with a, a grin on their face, thinking that uh, it's all going to be theirs, their grin will soon turn grimace when Jesus returns to this earth. Uh, and it's going to be soon, uh, sooner than later. He's coming with a, a mighty army, uh, a heavenly host, and he is going to destroy the armies of this world who are have come and gathered and invaded Israel and Jerusalem, as we have been talking about. Uh, and uh, he is coming with his church and the ho- heavenly host of army. Uh, although he doesn't need any of us, uh, he, do- he can do everything by himself, and he uh, will do by himself, by the, the word that will proceed out of his mouth. He will destroy them. Uh, and so... Um, The people of this world, those that be in power, will find out quickly that they are not as powerful as they thought they were. Uh, They thought they would have all power in the earth, and maybe they uh, will to some degree, but if only they had paid attention to the simple Bible stories that tells us that Jesus has all power in heaven and in the earth. And so uh, it doesn't matter how much power you have here in the earth, there's somebody greater out there that is coming who has all power in heaven and in the earth. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And so he's coming to display his dominance in this world and to take possession of his uh, his people and of this world to rule uh, like no one has ever ruled before because nobody can rule like Jesus can rule. Uh, only in his kingdom will the lion and the lamb lay down together. Only in his kingdom will there be actual peace upon the earth and only in his kingdom uh, will the children be able to play with snakes and not be uh, killed or bitten. Uh, and so there's nothing uh, to compare the kingdom of heaven uh, to any kingdom of this earth that uh, man can, uh, can do uh, because Jesus, there's nobody like Jesus. You can't compare him to anybody. You can't even compare the devil to, to Jesus because they're not even worthy to be compared to uh, one another. Uh, many people think that the devil is Jesus' opposite, God's opposite. No, he's not an opposite at all. He's just a, a, a small minion, a small little fallen angel uh, in the scheme of things. And Jesus uh, just commands another angel to pick up Satan and throw him in the pit. And so uh, that's how much power or little power Satan actually has. But we, uh, mankind, tends to give him a lot more power than he really has. If we only realized um, how much uh, control that we have, uh, especially if you're born again, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, we have been given all power over all the enemy. Uh, And so we have the dominion and authority and power, and so the devil should have no power or influence over the people of God uh, because there's more power inside of us than, than the devil has. Uh, but he likes to cloud our mind and judgment to get us thinking uh, off track. 
And once he does that, then we can be, begin to believe falsehoods and lies that he will tell us and sow and, and, and deceit. Uh, but we know that Jesus is going to take care of all of this soon. Uh, last week, we, we looked into the nations and the people that were mentioned in Ezekiel's prophecy concerning the last days and the invasion of Israel, uh, how uh, in chapter 36 and 37, uh, Israel was prophesied to be restored and to be brought back into the land, which must first happen if chapter 38, there's going to be an invasion into Jerusalem. Uh, and so that we see that coming to, uh, coming to pass in part, if, if not in full, for the most part, that Israel is there now on the map. Uh, and so we identified those names, at least where uh, a good guesstimation of who these people might be that Ezekiel saw and was uh, prophesying about. Um, and we realized that uh, those names were not the first time that they appeared in Scripture. That they had actually appeared in the first days after the flood. Uh, of the people groups that were mentioned there when man began to repopulate the new earth, uh, Magog, Meshach, Tubal, just some of the few names that are mentioned in the last days, but also uh, they first appeared uh, thousands of years ago. Uh, and as Ecclesiastes tells us that there is nothing new under the sun, and uh, I think that we are beginning to see uh, that also applies to many biblical events because at first glance, we might think that all of these things, all of these uh, end time events are new uh, and uh, we are realizing that they, they may be new to us, but uh, looking in scripture we see similarities, if not same names being used and similar, very similar uh, events or circumstances uh, that have, have happened before, uh, but none of this is new to God. He has already seen this before because he can even see the end from the beginning. Uh, and so this is all new to us. We should not put any confidence in this world, uh, but in the Word of God because we know that this world is going to pass away shortly, but His Word shall not pass away because it is forever uh, settled and established in heaven. Uh, and so that's what we are going to hold to is the Word of God. And we looked into the locations of the names of these uh, places and people, and we have a good guess. If you put up picture number one of where uh, these are today uh, in the land uh, over there in the Middle East area, uh, and we saw that uh, uh, the good guess is uh, Turkey, Russia, uh, all the, uh, the Pakistan, Afghanistan's, all the stands, cousin stands, they're all involved in this. Uh, and, and the Bible, Ezekiel's prophecy speaks about the invasion coming from the north, uh, where Gog, the leader of, of this uh, massive army, is coming from the north, which, uh, you know, at this point, Russia might be a good candidate for that. Uh, you got Persia. Persia's always been an enemy of the people of God, that is Iran. Uh, and so all of these people are involved uh, based on the biblical names that uh, a prophet of God turned and spoke to these people thousands of years ago. He was told to prophesy to Gog and Magog and, and, and Meshach and Tobol, prophesy to them all. So when the word goes out, it's going to accomplish what it is sent to do. It's going to prosper into the thing is where to ascend. So uh, the word of God has already went to these directions uh, of the earth, and so it is going to happen. It doesn't matter if we're here or not or what kind of a world events are going to come to pass. We know that the word of God has already went forth uh, to these things and these people and places, and so they will uh, happen. And the more that we think about it, the more we probably can see all of this come into play. It's not really uh, that much of a stretch of an um, imagination to uh, look at the map, look at these people, these countries, and to see uh, is it possible for all of these to come together and to say, let's invade Israel. Uh, 
Uh, and so, uh, not that God really needs our agreement or approval to sign off on his will being done. Uh, but uh, it's certainly Russia this year is really stirring up a lot of things. Uh, and it's uh, it started to invade uh, other countries. And so, uh, who's to say that the, the invasion of Ukraine does not stop there, but eventually will keep on going. Uh, very well could be. We know at one day it will be. Uh, it will come and people will end up in Israel. Uh, and so we've identified the potential players in this campaign. And uh, so now that we've, we can put some names and places uh, currently on the map, let's uh, maybe take a look at a few uh, uh, things, uh, how Israel is, how the relations are with these people. Um, last month... Uh, Turkey's president criticizes Israel's actions uh, amid tensions on the Temple Mount. So the president of Turkey is now chastising Israel uh, on how they're handling uh, their their arguments on the Temple Mount. Uh, uh, you're, you don't uh, you you know the deal with the Temple Mount, right? Is it's in Jerusalem. Uh, there has always been tensions between the Jews and Palestinians, at least for the past 80 years since Israel came back. Uh, and, and Turkey doesn't like how Israel is handling things. Uh, that's kind of like the people in Florida fighting over Disney World. And then Cuba saying, I don't like how you guys are handling things. Well, it's... Disney World is not in Cuba. It has nothing really to do with Cuba. So why, why do we care what you have to say? If the Temple Mount is in Jerusalem, in Israel's land, why is it, why is all of a sudden Turkey feel like the, the need to rise up and say, we don't like how you, Israel, are handling the Temple Mount, even though it's in your country, it's, it's in your heritage, it's in your nation. We don't like how you're handling that. What business is it for Turkey to, to even comment on the Temple Mount? None of their business, but yet it makes headlines that Turkey's president is criticizing Israel over the Temple Mount. Uh, and so, um, uh, so relations between Turkey and Israel are probably not great if these, these things are happening and things are being said. Uh, and uh, so we can kind of see how Israel or Turkey... Uh, they wouldn't probably have an issue invading Israel if they're already criticizing them on their own stuff. Um, oh, we know that um, obviously uh, this is a spiritual battle as well and is manifested in the physical. Uh, and so when, when God's working in the spiritual realm, uh, things are going to transpire and show up uh, whether they realize it or not. Uh, last month... Uh, Russia and Iran, or Russia and Persia, uh, they held major economic forum to expand their ties together. Uh, so Russia and Persia are strengthening their relationship. Uh, that will probably come in handy when it's time to invade Israel. And we know, we know, we know Persia, the, is, the history of Persia. You don't even have to uh, guess what side Persia is going to be on when in relation to Israel. Uh, so we can already guarantee Persia is going to be against Israel. Uh, and so we see them in Russia now uh, having uh, forums to expand their relationship and strengthen it. Uh, Syria, which is directly north of Israel, uh, just last week Russia opens fire, opens fire at Israeli jets over Syria. So Russia is shooting at Israel's jets. Uh, you know, it's amazing, it is amazing how much Israel, uh, how much long-suffering that they have. Uh, because if, if one country fired at our jets, we just bomb them. But yet, Israel gets, gets shot at and all these things, and the whole entire world says, Israel, you better not do anything. Uh, and so, uh, we wouldn't put up with any of this. I don't know any other country that would put up with uh, the way Israel is treated, but they are in the middle of the enemy's camp. Literally everybody around them does not like them. Uh, and they have biblical proof that this is their land. Uh, but yet they won't, uh, they won't uh, um, acknowledge that. 
um, it is it is quite uh, uh, amazing the the restraint that Israel has. We know how strong they are. We know they are the people of God, and uh, uh, it is amazing uh, their technology. They are more well advanced than most of the nations around. The, the hand of God is upon them. They're they're favored by God, uh, and they are stronger than I think all of those uh, nations around them. It is amazing. I saw a video a while ago uh, when the the uh, uh, Hamas terrorists who are there who fire rockets, they shoot missiles into Israel all the time. Um, and again, what country sits there and allows other people to shoot missiles into their country? We wouldn't take that for a second, but Israel faces that all the time. Uh, and so they have this Iron Dome system over there. Uh, that shoots down the missiles that are shot at them. And this, uh, the vi- this video uh, said uh, that uh, commenting on the, all the rockets that they shoot into Israel, he says, we shoot our missiles at them, but their God destroys our missiles right in the middle of the air. Uh, and, and, I mean, and, and what more do you need? And what more evidence do you need? Uh, a confession of, a, uh, uh, of, a, of an Arab saying their God just destroys our missiles right in the air. Uh, and so why, why wouldn't they surrender and, and submit to Israel's God if obviously he's protecting them? Uh, but it is, it, is, it is crazy what goes on over there. Uh, the, the, the Hamas... They, they, when they launch these missiles towards Israel, they, they launch them from hospitals. They go into the hospitals and they shoot the rocket out of the hospital window or school windows. Uh, and so Israel knows where they come from. And so you can't really retaliate in it because you're going to shoot back, you're going to blow up a hospital. And guess what? Who's going to look like the bad person? Uh, so they know exactly where to shoot these missiles from. And what they do, what Israel does, from what I've heard, is that uh, when they're going to shoot a missile back, uh, for 24 hours they go by a helicopter and they drop pamphlets into the streets, say, hey, we're going to bomb this building on this, at this time. So they give everyone a notice that, hey, a missile's coming, uh, and do you think the bad guys are just going to keep sitting in there uh, waiting for that missile to come? Uh, so no, the, the things that Israel has to deal with, is are dealing with right now, is, is beyond belief. And they do all of this, and the whole world still does not like Israel. Uh, and, and you know it's because of the spirit of Antichrist that is all in this world, uh, doing everything they can to remove uh, the nation of Israel. Uh, and so um, I would say that things around them, the nations around them are not uh, friendly, and so to invade Israel from the north uh, is probably pretty much green lights all the way already. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Whenever it's God's time, these things are going to happen. Because God said in, in Ezekiel 38 that he's going to put hooks in their jaws and he's going to draw them into Israel. And so uh, whenever the time is ready, they will be drawn in uh, to Israel and that will be ultimately the end of them. Uh, a, a little bit update. Last week we mentioned about the the World Economic Forum meeting. This week they're currently in meetings discussing the World Health Organization and their powers over this world. Uh, Tuesday they uh, reelected Dr. Tedros, who we mentioned last week, uh, and so he is officially there in his second term now as director of that. And the uh, ever so popular uh, amendments that we brought to uh, uh, mention last week about uh, giving away the sovereignty of the United States and really uh, any other nation that votes for it uh, for any pandemic or health-related issues. Uh, some rumors are, are saying that those amendments have been withdrawn. Um, but the official voting on this, all of these things, is on Saturday, so we will see what actually happens, what passes or not. But regardless, uh, if they are not passed and they are withdrawn, uh, the fact that they were even submitted is mind-blowing. Uh, the fact that they were, we are this close to one world control is really disturbing. Uh, and if they, are, if they were withdrawn then we just know they're just going to be resubmitted at some other time. 
Uh, and so whether the World Health Organization gains full sovereignty or not, uh, they are still moving forward, uh, preparing and laying the foundation for a one-world government uh, that will be controlled by the Antichrist. Uh, so you put up picture number two. This is kind of, these are some of the plans that they are working on this week, finalizing uh, the, the global pandemic treaty includes a plan for mandatory and universal digital uh, passports and ID systems, uh, vaccination records, uh, all digitized. Uh, they've already hired the company out of Germany uh, that is going to put in the infrastructure for this system. Uh, and so that everyone and everything can be followed and tracked during a pandem pandemic, whatever they declared as a crisis. And you see, it's all for your health and your safety. They want to make sure that you are safe. Don't worry about them. They want, they're worried about you. The little people, they're worried about us. And uh, they want to make sure you've taken the medicine they prescribe or any vaccines that they, that they make. Uh, also, they were bragging this week at the, the World Health L the forum um, about a smart pill that if you take, when you take it, it lets them know uh, that you've actually taken the pill. Uh, a smart pill, they've made it so that once it is digested in your stomach, then it sends off a signal through Wi-Fi to whoever the masters are. Uh, to let them know that, yes, you actually took your pill. Uh, because there might be some crazy people out there who don't actually take the medicine that is prescribed to them. Uh, uh, and so now, eventually, they will know who those crazy people are. Uh, and uh, they will know if you've taken them or not. Um, but again, this is all for your health and your safety. Uh, why, why, I mean, why else would you want to know exactly which of the 8 billion people are not taking their pills? Uh, and the technology that exists today, they can just put a, hit a button, hit a report, and it will show uh, everybody who has not taken it. If, if whatever, whatever the system is online and, and now all they're going to do is search whatever they want and they'll be able to identify every person who meets their criteria um, and, of course, by that time, they'll, they'll know where you live, exactly where you live. Uh, thank you to our phones. Whether you realize it or not, they probably already know where you live, the GPS in your phone. Um, and so while the world is inching closer and closer uh, to control, be controlled by one entity and uh, ultimately one man, one person, uh, the Antichrist, uh, other things must also be happening according to the word of God. If, if these events are to unfold in the last days, then all the events in the last days must happen at a, the, the said, the appointed time. And if we are seeing uh, one world government forming, then there should be news about other end time events happening as well. Because it seems like all of these things are just going to happen uh, right on cue, right on schedule. And so they have to be, uh, surely there's other things happening around the world that we can uh, pinpoint in the Bible as well. We go to Revelation chapter 13. I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Uh, the beast which I saw was unto, like unto a leopard, his feet were like the bear's mouth of a mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And so this obviously is an image of, of the Antichrist and his government uh, in these last days. Um, in verse 3, I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Uh, and so with this verse, it is quite possible, uh, it is quite possible that the Antichrist will actually be killed, uh, a deadly wound, uh, but then is healed, meaning he comes back to life. It, it could be very well possible that this is how it plays out. Um, because verse 4, they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast, 
They worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Uh, now, if, if he was to die, publicly die somehow in some accident or whatever, and then is resurrected and all this is caught, uh, and there's witnesses to it all, uh, surely people would, would probably bow down and worship him because that just really doesn't happen, does it? People coming back from the dead, I mean, we know. We know what happens because God can do that uh, and do that. But on at such a time as this and a public stage where the setting is set, the stage is set, um, uh, who can make war with him and kill him if he's already been killed and brought back to life? Uh, why try to kill him if he's already died and come back? I mean, this is who knows what they, they're going to say and believe. But uh, in the last days, there are going to be many signs uh, and, and, and false signs. Matthew 24, 24, for there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And so uh, just because a sign is performed doesn't mean it's godly, doesn't mean it's, it's from God. Uh, it could be from the false God, the false Christ, false prophets, because Jesus said there's going to be great signs and wonders in the last days that it will be able to deceive people, even possible the very elect of Israel can be, will be deceived by this. And so uh, that gives a, a blanket statement to anything can happen out there. Antichrist can be killed and brought back to life uh, as a false sign uh, to get people to worship him. Uh, and so I think that uh, his death and resurrection would probably is definitely going to get the attention of all the world if that is how it happens, if that's what it means. Um, and that it will most certainly get the attention of the Jews and will be one of the tools that the Antichrist uses uh, to fool the Jews to get them to enter into a covenant of peace. As the Bible talks about, uh, they'll trust him. Um, they may even give him access to their temple. Uh, who knows? Uh, but uh, we know that there's going to be uh, great signs and wonders from false Christs and false prophets. And so that's why you always have to go back to the Word of God and to find out uh, in the Word of God where things lay. Uh, because if anybody can do any kind of sign out there, don't get caught up in the signs. You got to get back to the Word of God because that is where it is grounded. Because we know that God is never going to go against His written Word, uh, and so that's where we find our safety and security is what the Bible says. Uh, and so, even if the Bible says there's going to be great signs and wonders by uh, those uh, false gods and false Christs, that means you got to be extra careful. Just because something that seems uh, goodly and godly is happening doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's, it's from God. Uh, because God has already declared that they will have this type of a power and authority in the last days to do these things. Uh, to deceive others. And that's why you got to know the word of God. Uh, Revelation 13.5, there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months, three and a half years. Uh, that is the same time period that Israel flees into the wilderness uh, for three and a half years, the, the latter half of the great tribulation. Verse 6, he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And so... Uh, quite the statement here where the Antichrist is going to just even call be blaspheming the people in heaven. That's how mad he's going to be. Uh, and so what is this? this is obviously is the abomination of desolation uh, that Daniel refers to in 927. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's seven years. The covenant that Israel enters into uh, because they will trust this man. Uh, and in the middle of the week, uh, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, um, meaning the animal sacrifices uh, in the temple. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation that is determined that shall be poured out upon the desolate. So the Antichrist goes into the temple and declares himself to be God. This is probably 
one of the most uh, popular events, I think, in the Great Tribulation where everybody knows about that. He goes into the temple, declares himself to be God, um, and the Jews are not um, sticking around for that. they realize that they have been fooled by this man, and they will begin to flee as Jesus told them to flee, and they will come uh, under severe persecution. Matthew twenty four fifteen. When he shall therefore see the abomination of desolation, uh, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, so readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains, and let him which is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. And so once that happens, Jesus tells the Jews to flee uh, because uh, that is not going to be a good thing. And verse Revelation 13, 7, is given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. Power was given uh, him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And so this huge event that takes place, the Antichrist, thinks himself to be as God and goes into the Jewish temple and declares to be God. Why the Jewish temple? Well, everyone knows that's, I mean, that's the people of God. Uh, and so uh, it's a spiritual thing, obviously, the spiritual battle that takes place. Uh, so the most popular events in the tribulation period where he does this. Now, obviously, in order for that to happen, there first needs to be what? The first needs to be a temple. If he's going to go in the temple and desecrate it, there has to be a temple that is built. Uh, and we know that there will be uh, sacrifices because he says, the word of God says, he will cause them to cease. Uh, and so it's not going to be on the opening day of the temple. Uh, it's going to be built and it will be, have been built for some time, so that animal sacrifices will have already been happened because he causes those to cease. Uh, and so if this thing is going to happen in the last days, in the near future, uh, then if the world is coming together as a one world government, we're seeing those things happen, we should also begin to see some things about this temple, right? Because that has to happen too. All of these puzzle pieces have to be happening, and they all come together at the same time. Uh, and so if you put up picture number three, um, what we see here is Jews begin building third temple on Israel Independence Day. This was uh, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, it says, while most Israelis are celebrating Independence Day by having family barbecues, a small group gathered in the old city of Jerusalem and began chipping away at stones preparing them to be used to build the prophesied third temple. They say that we have a uh, Torah commandment to build the temple. This commandment is not conditional or is time-bound. We have this requirement at all times. And so it is a pity that we are not actively engaged in it. And so right now it is... It is politically complicated for us to be begin building on the Temple Mount, but that does not exempt us from this commandment to build the Temple. Again, this is three weeks ago. Uh, all of the rabbis we consulted with agreed that we should begin preparing the stones. Uh, this wasn't uh, just a physical action to produce uh, dress stones. We had to be very careful about our intentions. Of course, this was not a political statement. The intention was to unify the Jews and all of the world in making God one and his name one. Uh, and so this was, again, three weeks ago when they decided to do this. Picture number four, uh, these are actual some of the stones uh, of that they started chipping away that will be part of this third temple. Uh, 
This was an important act unto itself and a message to all the nations as well as the world. But it's also a message to Hashem that we are not just sitting around waiting for the Messiah. We had the intention to show that we are actively working to bring the third temple as prophesied and as commanded. So now they're no longer, they've been sitting around for years, but now they said we're not sitting around anymore. We have this commandment in the Torah to build the temple, and so now we are going to start building, uh, chipping away, preparing the stones for the, the third temple. Now why, why didn't they decide this five years ago? Why didn't they decide this 10 years ago? They just happened to do this three weeks ago and to start actively chipping away and preparing and got the rabbis together and say, yeah, we need to do this three weeks ago. Uh, and so musicians, if you would come. So clearly, clearly they are starting to build the third temple, uh, not obviously not on the temple mount, obviously, uh, but I believe that once they get the green light to build this third temple on the Temple Mount, that is going to be one of the fastest building projects ever. I mean, they've, they've been waiting for 2,000 years to rebuild the temple, and finally, whenever they get the green light, they're not going to be waiting around, folks. They're going to be building that up, and they're going to be offering sacrifices. And here we see just three weeks ago, uh, they are actually getting together in one mind and one accord to actually start uh, chipping away and getting the stones ready for that. Uh, so we know the time is drawing near. There's also one more piece of the puzzle of the last days that before you can actually rebuild the temple on the, the temple mount, uh, you must be properly uh, dedicated purified and sanctified unto the Lord before you can actually begin all of this, the actual assembling and touching of all those, the final pieces. Uh, and what is needed for that are the ashes of a red heifer. As we see in Numbers 19, the commandment, uh, the Lord uh, spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, this is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, where there is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. You shall give unto her, to her Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. Eleazar the priest shall take of her blood with his fingers, sprinkle her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one who shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin, her flesh, her blood, and her dung shall he burn. The priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it in the midst of the burning of the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and he shall bathe his flesh in water. Afterward he shall come into the camp and the priest shall be unclean until the evening. He that burneth her shall wash his clothes in water and bathe in his flesh in water and shall be unclean in the evening. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. So before the official the official uh, ceremony of, of this takes place, the purification has to come. And a red heifer has to be sacrificed. A true red heifer has to be sacrificed to begin that process. Uh, and so if you stand with me tonight, you put up, uh, put up picture number five. Um, the Temple Institute practices burning the red heifer. And so since the uh, ascending to the Temple Mount, uh, going up there requires one to be pure, uh, it is assumed that everybody has, or either knowingly or unknowingly, been made impure by coming in contact with death. So again, everybody is unclean. And no one can enter the Temple Court until a red heifer is found and properly prepared and they are purified 
the priests are purified, and then the people can be purified to go into, uh, into the, the court of the temple. Uh, and so it is, this, it is this for this reason that to this day Jews are religiously forbidden from entering into the area that was once called the inner court of the temple because uh, you have to be clean to go into the inner court. The outer court is, is okay. Uh, and so religious Jews who ascend the temple mount first must immerse themselves in a ritual bath, but that's only good enough to get them into what is the outer courts, not to be not into the inner courts. So you can't get in the inner courts unless you're purified with the ashes of a red heifer. And so amazingly, there hasn't been a red heifer for the past 2,000 years. But if now red heifers are now showing up, uh, then it is the time that they are to be here. And if they're here for a reason, then, then there's a reason they're here. And uh, the red heifer has to be so pure. They, they are, there's already red heifers out there. And they have to, it has to be three years old. And it cannot have even two hairs on its body of a different color. Every single hair has to be red. And so just because a red heifer shows up, obviously that's a miracle in itself. But they have to comb over this, this cow, every hair of it, to check to see if this is a pure red heifer. And once they find that one, if they've already shown up, it's just a matter of time until that one shows up. And the fact that they're uh, preparing the stones for the temple and the fact that they've uh, here they've practiced, they took a cow, a uh, three-year-old cow, and they've, they've sacrificed it. They did what, the, what we just read. They did that, and they burned the ashes. They wanted to see the size of an average cow, how much ashes are left, if that ashes is enough to, to cover the people uh, of the congregation that want to come and get cleansed and purified. So that's why they're, they're practicing for this red heifer sacrifice. Uh, again, this was three weeks ago as well. Uh, and so we can see now uh, that uh, Israel uh, was far from being ready. Uh, 100 years ago, they did not exist. 80 years ago, they won their independence, and, and now they're on the scene. But now, all of a sudden, uh, this year, three weeks ago, now they decide we're going to start getting the stones ready. And we're going to start practicing the sacrificing of a heifer because whether they know it or not, I think we have a better understanding of how close things are. Uh, and so uh, we know that uh, things are wrapping up rather quickly. This world is coming to a close. Uh, and we know that before that happens, the church is going to be raptured out of here. Uh, and so if these things are already happening, what does that mean? How close the return of Jesus is for his church and to rapture his bride out of here. Uh, folks, that means we are getting very, very close. We thought he was coming uh, years ago, but I, he's coming so soon. Uh, we need to make sure that we are ready uh, to meet our Lord and Savior in the air. And, and uh, uh, these headlines should not fear us, but we should get excited when we see those things. Why? Because, hey, if that's happening, that means Jesus is coming before that. Uh, his return is nigh, and I want to be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, and so uh, we got to pray like never before. We got to prepare ourselves like never before because we never know in a matter of a moment in the twinkling of an eye, it's all going to be wrapped up for us, and the rest is going to be for the Jews. Uh, but we know everything is in God's hands. Amen. Well, however it plays out, we put our faith and trust in him. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Let's thank him for his word and his hand upon us, his favor in our lives, that we're going to do great things in these last days. Hallelujah, Lord. You're going to use us mightily, God. Help us prepare ourselves for you, Jesus, as a vessel to be used in these last days, God. Lord, to bring your glory, to let our light shine in this dark world, God. Hallelujah, we give you glory. 
Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, that will never pass away, even though this world will, God. We stand upon your word. We believe in your word. Help us, Lord, to live it, God, each and every day. Hallelujah, that we may help lead others to you in these last days. We give you the praise. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Don't forget, ladies, this Saturday at 1030. Amen. God bless.